you know, we use translators in, in most countries that we travel to. Once they understand that we're not taking a picture, but we're giving a picture, it's amazing how it transforms. And they're like, really? I get that? Hello, all you damn givers out there. Welcome to the Let's Give a Damn podcast. I'm your host and your friend, Nick Lapara. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Every single week on this podcast, I aim to share the stories of amazing damn givers so that you'll be inspired to give more dams than ever before. Before we get to my guest, little update on the last couple of weeks. I spent the last couple of weeks traveling and I'm truly exhausted. Two-ish weeks ago, I took my family to New York City for a few days of rest and exploration. We love that city so much and it was amazing to share that experience with our kids. We walked on average of seven to nine miles per day for four and a half days. Have you ever walked that many miles with a four, a five, and a six-year-old? I'd be lying if I said it was all fun, but it was amazing and an experience I'll never and will never forget. And I had my ever trusty companions, my wife and my brother there with me. So it, it truly was fantastic. 24 hours, literally 24 hours after returning from that trip, my brother and I hopped in his car and road tripped to Chicago for the Clinton Global Initiative University event being held at the University of Chicago. For more information on that, just Google it. You'll find tons of information. It's an amazing, amazing event. Tons of amazing uh, things come out of that event. Eight hours drive to get there. We were there for four hours and then eight hours back. So that was exhausting as well, but you'll get to enjoy the fruits of my labor, and in this case, with Dan going with me, with our labor very, very soon. I was able to capture several wonderful interviews with young leaders doing amazing work all over the world. And then I got to spend a little bit more time with the amazing Chelsea Clinton. All that and more in November. And lastly, 24 hours after returning from that trip from Chicago, I hopped on a plane for LA. Had a great time in that wonderful city on the best coast, the West Coast. Meetings, podcast interviews, met a business partner that I've been working with for months now and haven't met yet. Got to hang with some friends. A truly wonderful time. And then I came back 24 hours after returning from that trip. We transformed our home into a Halloween extravaganza and threw the best little Halloween party Nashville has ever seen. Well, we thought so anyway, but it was great. My costume this year is Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, that wonderful, weird individual. And I own that costume. If you wanna see me showing a little bit too much leg, hit up my Instagram, at Nick Lapara. The photo should be up by the time this podcast comes out or very soon after. I guarantee that you might chuckle a little bit when you see it. Anyway, I wanted to share a little bit about the last two weeks Firstly, just because I wanted to tell you, but secondly, because some of it involves you. Amazing podcast conversations to come. Okay, now, my guest today is the wonderful Kelly Anderson Smart, the founder of a little organization, a powerful organization called Print the Love. Kelly experienced massive amounts of relational and emotional pain early in her adult life. She'll share more about that in our conversation, so I won't get into it here. But I wanted to point out here that one of my favorite things about life is the beautiful things that sometimes, dare I say oftentimes, 
are birthed out of pain and suffering. I've seen this happen over and over again in my own life, and I expect many of you have as well. Anyway, out of deep pain, Print the Love was birthed. Print the Love travels to under-resourced countries and communities and gives photographs, not takes them. Hear that, they give photographs, they don't take them. So here's the deal. I don't know how much you've traveled. I've traveled a ton. I've been to the 48 states here on this landmass called the United States. Uh, I'll get to Alaska and Hawaii at some point. And I've lived or spent time in over 30 other countries. So I've seen my fair share of tourists and or do-gooders that whip out their cameras and proceed to take a million photos of the people they are visiting. I've done a fair amount of that myself, so I'm not putting a ton of blame on that. But Kelly and her team have flipped that on its head, and it's a beautiful thing. They use those Polaroid instant cameras, you know, the ones that spit out the photo immediately, and they give their only copy of that photo to the person they just took the photograph of. And for many, this is the only photo they have of themselves. In other words, they are giving the gifts of love, joy, self-esteem, empowerment, and so much more. It's a beautiful, beautiful project that I'm excited to share with you. I've already said too much. Callie is amazing, and I can't wait for you to hear more of her story and learn more from her life and her work. So here's my conversation with Kelly Anderson Smart. Let's go. My new friend and our new friend, Kelly Anderson Smart, is on the line. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very, very much. I am honored to be here, and this is just such a pleasure. I'm so excited. Well, we are equally or maybe more honored that you're here, so thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We love, as Let's Give It In family, we love getting to know people of all backgrounds, all shapes and sizes doing amazing work, and you definitely fit that bill. And so, yeah, super excited to dive in here today. So why don't we hear at the beginning, we typically, before we get into the kinds of work that you're doing, um, I like to get to know you a little bit better. Um, we've talked on the phone a couple times, but we're not, we're not homies yet. And so go back as far as you want to, but give us a peek into the kinds of things and people and places that made you into the person you are today, just so that we can, I think I'm, I'm always looking for clues in that story that you're going to share um, for, yeah, the kinds of things you're doing today. So let's see if we can figure out some of that today. Uh, but yeah, share some of your story with us, Kelly. Wow, that, I could go really far back, but um, my- We have all day. Yeah, sure. My, my story <laughs> here where we're kind of going to talk about Print the Love and the organization that I now run really started a couple years ago. Um, I was in a, I was married for 10 years in a good marriage and um, just one day it suddenly fell apart and um, I discovered an affair and it sort of unraveled from there. It was extremely heartbreaking and horrific and just made a huge um, tear in my whole entire life mm. and family. My uh, husband at the time then started to become really abusive, um, lots of drugs and alcohol involved, and really, for me, uh, personally, began to um, start having panic attacks, about 15 panic attacks a day, also while raising two young children. And so I know we're diving right in there, but this Let's really go. is Let's where go. the yeah, part yeah. of the meat of my story is. And so 
it really just rocked my whole entire world. And anyone who's been through an affair uh, situation knows the heartbreak and the betrayal that happens there. And so during this time in trying to save my marriage and my family, um, I had a couple of opportunities to travel to Rwanda um, through nonprofit work. I've been in nonprofit since uh, I began working, um, always had a heart for work in all kinds of different areas, mostly in the areas of kids and the arts, but have done work for all kinds of different charities. So this work was over in Rwanda and I was doing logistics for a leadership team. And while I was there, this was the first time that I was able to not have panic attacks. Um, I'd been to Africa several times prior to that and always had an amazing journey there and heart there and the people there are so incredible. And so when I was able to go there and separate myself from the chaos of my life, it was a a beautiful respite to the chaos and just an opportunity for me to discover a different part of myself and also the healing part of giving back and of self-care and travel, just kind of that travel addiction. So when I was there, I had a lot of free time in the day um, and started taking pictures. Uh, I am not actually a photographer. Um, We're going to be talking about this photography organization, Um, but took some pictures of kids um, and they wanted to see the back of my camera. Uh, At that time, I didn't have a smartphone, but they wanted to see the back of the camera and see their smiling faces with their friends. And it was so much fun to show them. And I kept being like, why do I have this picture of you? And why are, you know, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to bring it home. Uh, I'll have, you know, wonderful memories of this journey that I'm on. But, you know, do you have a picture? And of course they didn't. And so I asked more questions and, you know, they've never had a picture of them or their family. They don't have pictures of their parents or grandparents. Um, And so through these opportunities, I knew I was going to come back the next year. And I was like, I'm going to look it up and see, you know, where, uh, who else is doing this work? You know, being in the nonprofit world, you know, that usually somebody's doing something in the world. And so maybe they could give me a camera or, you know, I think they still mm-hmm. make Polaroids, you know, that kind of stuff. So when I went home after that first original trip, I kind of Googled, uh, you know, who's doing work on giving um, photos to people that don't have access to photos. Cause it's just, you know, it's not in um, the budget. So uh, I could find nobody doing anything mm. on a larger scale. I kept, uh, I found a couple blogs of people doing some wonderful work, just maybe one-on-one or, Um, people giving books to AIDS patients. Um, But that wasn't kind of a random act of kindness. That was through um, spending a week with someone and then afterwards they would um, hand them a book, which is beautiful and gorgeous, but kind of different than what I was thinking of. And so um, kind of in tandem with this kind of realization of this need and this, you know, this is something that I could really do simply in tandem with my life at that time, um, the emotional abuse had kind of come to a point of you didn't matter at all to the world. Mm. Um, you know, and also in, when you're in a, in a fair situation, it does feel like, you know, that you don't matter, that this other person has kind of taken a front seat to your life, um, not only in the life of my husband, but also in the life of my children. And so um, I felt devastated and just that my life didn't matter and that all the work that I had done as a wife or 
as uh, a mother or, you know, it just, everything came crashing down. And I was like, what is really going on here? And when you're in that kind of state of that, you really feel like you don't matter, that you can easily be replaced. I feel like you go to the simplest place possible. And, you know, it's like, I want to counteract this evil. And it's almost instinctive, I feel like, and say, how can I make other people never feel like how I feel? Mm. And yeah, it just kind of magically happened that at the same time, I, I do have a background in art therapy, that the power of image can do that. And so the, the next trip that I took to Rwanda, knew it, knowing that I was going back, I did some crowdfunding and, and uh, you know, kind of just uh, got some cameras and films and was determined to give away a thousand pictures in 10 days and to the Rwandan people who have been through a horrible genocide and to just celebrate them and where they are and to say that you matter, you're important. And when I did that, I didn't realize how actually profound it was in um, this really simple way to love on people through image and that to, again, counteract what I was feeling to just say, you know, this isn't the world I want to live in where I'm told I don't matter and I can easily be replaced and, um, you know, don't feel the love in my life, how I can give this to someone else through the gift of a photograph and just the amount of joy it created with people um, was amazing. And so these kind of two things kind of came together at the same time. My need to tell other people that they may, that they matter and the realization that photos um, can really do that in a powerful and purposeful way. So that kind of uh, is a little bit of the background of the, the, the chaos portion of my life. Thankfully I am uh, much, much better um, out of that marriage and, and married to another wonderful man. Um, so, but that's a little bit of the background. I can keep going or um, if you have questions kind of about that portion of it. Lots of questions. Okay, <laughs> sure. First of all, this is not a question. This is a statement. I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. You know, I know that you, you've, you've kind of shared some of the journey and you're out of it now. And it even led to, you know, really beautiful things, which is so, I love that about life. I, I have both friends and direct family that have experienced the same thing that you just described with, you know, divorce and affairs and just that, that the, the, it's, it's horrible and it, it hurts and it's hard for so, like it's, it's hard obviously for the people going through it, but then there's so much collateral damage just in terms of family and friends and community, right? And so I'm so sorry all of that happened, but I'm so glad that life is beautiful in that way, in that it, you know, if you, maybe you wouldn't have discovered, you probably would not have discovered this beautiful thing called Print the Love if you had not gone through it in the way that you did, right? Oh, no um, way. And so, no way. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what's crazy. And obviously I would never wish an affair on anyone because it's so hard, but I just love that we, as humans, we're resilient and we're, whether you have a faith background or not, we can move through those things and become stronger and better and, you know, and discover these, these amazing projects and things through them. I've heard that, you know, your story has been told in different ways over and over again through different people that I've met um, over the years. And so that's really beautiful. So again, it's like one of those, like, I'm so sorry that happened. And I'm so glad that you were able to not only like get through it, but thrive. Yeah. 
as is evidenced in Print the Love and other work that you're doing. So well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want people to see how fruitful an amazing life can be through this podcast, but I also want them to see that sometimes it's shit and sometimes it hurts and it's not always going to be easy. Um, and so I do appreciate you just being vulnerable right from, you know, two yeah. minutes in, just sharing that. Um, maybe you've had this happen to you, but if someone is out there right now and saying, really, that's all you're doing, passing out a picture, like these people need food, they need clothes, they need, you know, jobs, right? Sure. You, just, you just run through your thing and you're handing them a photograph. I know the answer to that because I've spent most of, I've been out of the country, I've lived outside the US for 17 years and now I've, I'm 35. So I guess it's now I've passed the halfway mark. For, for a long time, I was able to say that I lived outside the US for most of my life and I loved that about my life. But um, so I, I know what the answer to this is because I've seen what you just described. But what would you say to somebody that would come and say like, well, can't you do something better with your 501c3? Uh, what would you communicate to them? You know, I think that there is a beauty in the simplicity of it. And of mm. course, other causes that get food and water and jobs and those are super, super important. But there's something missing in the humanitarian aid that's really personal and meaningful to people that really isn't just here's a bunch of stuff for you, which is which obviously is important is we would love to, you know, we do partner with people that do that kind of work. Um, but the personal part, and I, I just often tell people, think of your own life in terms of, you know, when your house is burning down, people always say they're going to grab the photo albums, right? Because that's something that you can't replace. And um, the memories and the, the, the just the power that it creates of, you know, we focus on hospitals a lot. Uh, we go to maternity wards where the babies are new and they have, they would never have access to something like that. And I can you know, I have probably 50,000 pictures of my kids and I love every single one because of how meaningful the memory is. And so not to, to take away from any other NGO work that, and really important work people that are doing, but I feel like this, the, if you talk to the people that receive the photo, they, it's an empowering thing. I think a lot of uh, countries and under resources communities that we that's what we call them really feel exploited by tourists or NGOs with the photographs you know are you going to put this on Facebook are you going to you know put this in a book and sell it you know if if you were sitting outside your house with your kids and someone came and just started taking pictures I would be like whoa you know creepy yeah. don't but we really try to flip that on its head and say you know this isn't for us this is a gift for you and there's no ties um, we're not a faith-based organization. Um, it's a hundred percent charity and gift for them. And we don't keep any copies of it. Um, we do ask sometimes in some contexts, if we could take a photo of them and their photo, but most places, hospitals, schools, it is a hundred percent a gift for them and it's up to them what they want to do with it. You know, we use translators in, in most countries that we travel to once they understand that we're not taking a picture, but we're giving a picture it's amazing how it transforms and they're like, really, I get that. And, and how much just like sharing photos, like look at you or you with your best friend or with your grandma. Uh, there's, there's also a lot of other uh, reasons besides just the pure joy and memory and, and that part of it. But um, we also work with 
um, schools for school photos and also for um, if children are lost or stolen, that there would be a record of what they look like is super helpful in communities where, um, you know, that wouldn't otherwise be available. Um, also in, in refugee communities when, or um, relief efforts where they've lost everything. Maybe they did have some photos, but they lost it in a tsunami or flood or um, something like that. And to be able to say, you know, here's something to start back those family treasures means so much to the people that we've worked with. So it's really an advocacy for people um, and that their life is important, that their record of he, her, them being on earth matters. Um, yeah, hugely. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a, I mean, I think of even my, I have three kids, they're four, five, and six. And especially the, the four-year-old son, he, he loves, he'll steal our iPhones, right? And sure. run into <laughs> the other room and just, he'll take a bunch of selfies, right? And we'll find them later. Here's my son, you know, growing up in, he, he has, we live a very simple life on purpose, but he has everything he needs. He has all, like he has, he, he is in need of nothing. And he, even he who has seen himself a million times loves to steal our iPhone when we're not looking and run into the other room and put on the rear facing camera and take pictures of himself. Yeah. And he yeah. loves to point, or he'll walk up to us and take pictures. And then he, he makes us come and look at ourselves, right? Right. And I was also thinking, as you were talking, just yesterday, I got a haircut for the first time in three months. And my hair was so, it was, I mean, it was so bad. It was just, it was just kind of all just sitting there, a big mop on my head. And I got this like haircut and she took a ton of hair off. And what did I do automatically? I went and walked into the bathroom and, you know, looked in the mirror and, you know, ran my hands through my hair and it felt so good to look at myself and see like all the hair gone and I felt lighter and I uh -huh. felt fresh and all of that, all those feelings that I was feeling and all the things that my son feels when he looks at himself and, or takes a picture of us, none of that is something that billions of people around the world have ever experienced. They don't get to do that on a regular basis. They, like you said, they, for, you can almost forget Hmm. that you're a person hmm. because you, I mean, obviously you can look down and see your face and your, or you can see your clothes and your arms and your legs, but there's something about seeing your face, seeing the expression, seeing what you look like and really seeing what other people see when they see you. There's something special and dignifying and hope filled about that. So these people can have jobs and a certain amount of money coming in so they can live and eat and drink and but there's a there's a next level of dignity that comes when you can see yourself I know that even as a modern you know I live in America now like even I know that there's something special about seeing ourselves and what that feels like um, that you're you're able to provide to them when you take a photo hand it to them and because of the nature even of those Polaroid photos like they're durable these, I mean, in some cases, these children or old, you know, older folks that nev are never going to leave mm -hmm. their situation in life, yeah. they're going to carry that with them until they die. Like that's going to be their photo of themselves, right? And so all that to say, I was thinking of my son, I was thinking of my, you know, situation yesterday with at the barbershop. Like those are just two situations that really made me just without even thinking about our conversation coming up, that 
I'm like, wow, like it's so special to be able to see ourselves and to have that experience. Um, it's incredibly meaningful. Yeah, and, yeah. and like you said, even just to, um, as a record of genealogy, um, a record of people is huge. Uh, one of my favorite stories was, was a older man that um, a homeless man who saw that we were giving away photos and ran up to us. Uh, I didn't have a translator with me, so I don't, you know, but photos transcend any language, you know, they, everyone understands a photo. And so he was so excited to get his photo and he took out of his pocket two other photos that was obviously of him as a young man. It looked like in the army. Um, and that was the total of his possessions. And he was so excited to show me the two other photos that he was going to keep with him, like you said, for the rest of his life and how meaningful it was and how excited he was to get another photo of himself. Um, whether, you know, and where his family is at or where he is at, it doesn't matter. He was just so excited to to celebrate himself in that. And that's what we're trying to do, too, is celebrate others and celebrate ourselves. Where have you guys gone to take photos? Like, what trips have you taken? Yeah, sure. So we started out in Rwanda, like I, I said, um, and then we, we headed to Nepal uh, with the team. Uh, this past year, we went to Bolivia. And in about three weeks, we're headed to Cambodia with a team of seven. So that is just on the trips level. We, we, did, we only started in 2015. So that's kind of, we've dedicated about a trip a year until um, we continue to grow, which is happening very rapidly. But um, we've committed to go to, to the poorest countries on each continent. So that's how we pick the, the countries. And so we're kind of moving to each continent. But we also have a program we call Supply the Love, where we supply the camera and the film and you supply the love. And people from all over the country would just apply online and we supply uh, an instant camera and film and, you know, people who are traveling to Guatemala to build homes or Tanzania to do some work with their church or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's more of a to add to what they're already doing. And we've had people um, with that program in the last year. Puerto Rico, Guatemala, Dominican Republic, uh, Tanzania, Malawi, Argentina, uh, Belize. You know, we've been, I think there's over 13 countries, Haiti. Um, so that's been an incredible way. You know, it, it really has nothing to do with me, but I feel like I kind of get to travel to each one of those countries with that. So we kind of have the two programs where you can travel with us on our trips, um, where we give away photos all day long. Um, so it's a lot of work. It's definitely a work trip um, where we go to hospitals and schools and slum areas. And then if you're already traveling somewhere, we would love to give you uh, a film and camera so you can also participate in the incredible joy that it creates. That's really beautiful. And here's, here's what's cool. So let's make a little transition here in our conversation. Because what I want to, the next part of our conversation is going to be about the fact that this is not your full-time job. Sure. This is a at this point, and I, I'm sure you want it to grow yeah. and have, you know, so you can have a greater impact. But right now, this is essentially a passion project that you're committing lots of time and energy and money toward. So what we're going to get into next is what your day job is just for a few minutes, because I believe it's equally amazing. Like you're in, before we pushed record, I was just commenting, like you're an all around damn giver because um, not that it's bad if somebody had a passion project, you know, a nonprofit, and then they work a corporate job. That is 
very dignified. That's amazing. It's dignified. Yeah. But, but all of who you are really, it just speaks volumes into what your values are and the kinds of things you want to do. So your passion project in an amazing one is Print the Love, but your day job is working with an organization called Little Brothers Friends of the Elderly. Yes. Or LBFE. And that is a, um, I'll let you explain it, but that is a uh, Twin Cities-based nonprofit, correct? Yep, for sure. So Little Brothers, Friends of the Elderly, and I work for the Minneapolis-St. Paul chapter. It's actually an international organization. It's, it's uh, housed out of Paris. We essentially connect volunteers with isolated elders in our community, which there are so many of, and devastating effects of isolation on people's physical and mental health. Um, has been shown over and over. And so we connect volunteers to be a friend. Um, again, there's, you know, lots of other resources for other kinds of things, but people need people in their life and to care about them and check on them. And these are uh, mostly homebound seniors, people that want to live and stay in their home. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, um, maybe their family's passed away or doesn't live in town, or um, they've become disabled and are not able to get out of the house very often, that they need socialization, um, for sure. So when I when I took the job here at Little Brothers, it just made perfect sense to me in terms of this, yes, Print the Love is a passion project that will continue to grow, um, and really kind of took me out of the darkness, right? It was the, the thing that mm. I could hang on to, to pull me through that dark time in my life. And, and then when I was kind of out of it, I was like, what else can I do in the world? And this job came, came about, and it almost was the other side of the coin for me, because of course you need random acts of kindness. You need people to care about you and in that way. And like we talked about the impact of photos can be really incredible um, and really profound, but you also need people in your life to care about you day in and day out right? And, and to visit you and call you and make sure you got to the doctor and, and yeah, just care about your life and hear your life stories. And so both are important to me, the random acts of kindness and the living through the muck, as you, you know, kind of said earlier. So yeah, I do that in the day. I, I actually don't work in the program side. I work on the development side. So I do all the fundraising and grant writing and events and things like that. And then also do print the love and and then have a husband and two kids, and that that pretty much takes up all all my time. So, so what you're saying is you have plenty of free time, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So beautiful. I I love I love the idea of little brothers, friends of the elderly. Amazing work, and I love that you're you know committing so much of your life to doing these amazing things. So, give us some advice. You've been through some really hard things. Sure. In addition, you have a day job, plus you have a passion project that you do on top of that, that, you know, probably in your mind, you would love for that to become full-time, but you're working at it hard. You've also figured out, I love how innovative you've been with this, where people can join you on trips or you'll send them with a camera. Like it just, I love the way that you're trying to build this out. So you, you've, you've been through some shit and you're also just dedicating multiple areas of your life to give a damn. Give us some advice based on, you know, because, and I always ask this question this way because not everybody's going to identify with your situation, but I guarantee you with the thousands of people that are listening, someone is going to say, whoa, that's eerily close to my situation, whether it's, you know, the, the broken marriage or the, uh, you know, the, the blended family or, you know, or all the things that are happening in your life, they might, they might identify with some of that. And so based on your circumstances, 
the beautiful things that you're doing, your, your beautiful family, all of those things. Give us, give the Let's Give a Damn family advice on how they can continue to give a damn, how they can begin to give a damn, how they can really value investing in people well. I think it, and I know um, there's been a lot of discussion about this, I feel like, on social media platforms and things, which I think is really good, but self-care is so important. And I don't think I did it before my life kind of the shit hit the fan. So mm-hmm. I really had to hone in on what that meant. I've developed PTSD. And so now that I'm not actively having PTSD symptoms, I still have to manage when the anxiety comes up. So self-care is huge, um, especially when you have a bazillion things coming on. And that can mean so many different things for different people. And part of my self-care plan, um, there's a bunch of resources out there. um, It includes giving back. That really is super important. And even maybe you feel like that's the last thing that you want to do. It's like, I'm going through it enough and I don't need to volunteer for something. I would really say, yeah, you do. It's just so essential to the whole picture of you being a healthy and the best you is giving back. And and um, so I really think that that helps any kind of healing process, no matter what you're doing. Um, so self-care is huge. I say travel. Uh, I would say if you're mm-hmm. if you want to do um, something in in your life that uh, really pushes you outside of your comfort zone, um that will help you stretch and grow. Travel is an amazing way to do that. Maybe that's traveling in your same state. Um, I would encourage international travel, but sometimes, you know, money and time and finances and all that kind of stuff don't work out. But travel is amazing. Um, You got to be careful, though, you might get the travel bug for sure. Uh, But just to explore other people and get out of your own head. I think that was, you know, why I didn't have panic attacks on these trips, because I was like, wow, my problems are so little compared to this. And it was so good for me to be out and separate from your life. And again, you're going to have to go back and deal with it. Yeah, you can't run away from it forever, but travel and see something, really take a break. Um, And that's why, you know, I kind of created this volunteer trip because I think, yeah, just getting outside of your circle, giving back and whatever it is, is more healing than, you know, at least for me, therapy for a year. I, you know, again, um, that would. I also go to therapy too, but um, yeah, it's, it can do so much in such a short amount of time. I actually, my degree is in adventure education, and so I spent most of my undergraduate degree in rock climbing, white river rafting, hiking, and learning all of those kinds of things, and um, getting out of my comfort zone in very um, obsolete and uh, rural areas of our own country. And I feel like that really kind of set up who I am today too. feeling like I couldn't feel my legs anymore. And I still had a backpack and I was still going helped me go through. I don't know how to fix my marriage, but I got to take one foot and step of the in front of the other, those physical things that your body can remember. I do feel like really make a difference, you know, or you feel you experience something in a different country and it can um, correlate to something in your, in your life. So those are two really beautiful things. If you have more, please chime in. But I love that you, a, a recurring theme among 
active damn givers that I have on the show is take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in, in self-care is going to look different for everybody, but I'm always trying to encourage people. So, you know, obviously self-care is this huge conversation. And I think a lot of people end up spending all of their self-care time and energy on things that aren't truly uh, helping them heal and, um, you know, propelling them forward. That's my opinion. I, I'm not a... I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, you know, sign. I don't know if, if I'm actually right, but I love hearing people like you shared some really, I think, helpful ways of caring for self. A lot of people are like, oh, it's self-care day. So I'm just going to drink wine and watch Netflix all day. And I'm like, well, I don't, every once in a while, maybe life calls for that, but you're not actually repairing anything. You're not actually healing from anything because if you're sitting in front of a show all day or whatever, like you're your brain is still being bombarded. And so you mentioned, you know, travel and therapy and getting out of our comfort zone. Those are things that I believe have exponential, exponentially more healing power than, you know, maybe a manicure does. And again, Netflix, wine, manicure, all of those things might be what the doctor ordered on a certain day. But for us to be around long-term, we need to spend our limited self-care time and energy on things that I think are really truly going to heal us and prepare us for what's ahead, whatever that, all the, all the damn giving that lies ahead. So super, super great advice there. I love how you got detailed there. And, yeah. and again, I think some people are going to identify with both of those main topics that you uh, presented. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, as we begin to wrap up, a couple things. One is, before we get to kind of a big last question that I have for you, um, if people want to get involved, it sounds like there's two ways right now that they can do that. One is uh, get, I guess, go on a trip with you, right? Um, and so they can find all those details at your website, printthelove.org. Mm -hmm. In addition, which I think is, again, I've, po I've pointed out as a super cool kind of bonus in partnering with you all, is that hey, let's give a damn family. If you're going on a trip somewhere, they will send a camera with you. Like, you can't get much better than that. They're going to supply you with a camera. Um, so what does that look like? If people want to get on a trip and or they're going on a trip separately and want to go with a camera supplied by you all, how can they go, go about doing that? Yeah, for sure. So um, the Supply the Love program, um, there's just an application online, which basically kind of says, when is your trip's? And um, obviously, we ask that you're going to an under-resourced community. You know, we're not you're not going to Greece or right. something like that, but um, yep. a place where they would really appreciate and not have access to something like that. Um, and and then just kind of tell us what how much film volume you think um, you would need, and and those kinds of things. And um, then we would happily, if you are in Twin Cities, I would love to meet with you. But if you're not, we can ship it. Um, and it's as simple as that. That's it's it's really great. We we just ask that you um, do a little blog post when you come back and and give us a couple pictures. And everyone is so happy to share. You know, we say you yeah. don't have to do five hundred words, but they're like, oh, I can't tell you how amazing this was. And they, you know, so um, that's never been an issue for someone because they just want to share so much and and share the pictures of what they did. And um, so that is a really great program. And you know, again, kind of just came out of when I first had this need and I Googled like, where could I get this? I was like, now I need to create that because that wasn't there. So um, that's kind of where that came out. But the the trips are amazing as well. Um, it's definitely a different kind of uh, trip 
uh, than kind of other volunteerism trips. We are really avoiding tourist areas. We are going to, um, like I said, our priorities are hospitals, um, to hospice care where people are um, dying and want a photo with their loved ones, to children's wards, to maternity wards for the moms and babies to have pictures. Um, and some of these hospitals are extremely rural and um, definitely takes some hiking to get there. So this isn't for a faint of heart. Uh, so our next trip actually um, is to Zimbabwe. And I always incorporate uh, in our trips, we always say we celebrate others through the gift of a photo. We also celebrate ourselves, practicing self-care, but also celebrate the natural environment in which we're visiting. So it always incorporates some sort of thing with the natural environment. And the Zimbabwe trip includes um, a trip to uh, Victoria Falls, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. So of course, we're going to go visit that place. Um, we have a bunch of other trips traveled to um, on our website as well that people can check out. And that, in terms of that, I would just love to have a conversation with um, people um, if they're here in the Twin Cities in, in person or on the phone, um, if they're interested in coming. And then we would love to have you join us. And there's more information on itineraries and things like that. But also in terms of getting involved, I mean, um, we have so many different ways to grow and partner. Um, we've partnered with a lot of different organizations, sending camera and film with them. And so if anyone wants to talk about maybe a bigger thing than just a single trip or um, actually in the Twin Cities, we do a it's called a random kindness relay where we um, go around the city and do random acts of kindness. And that's really, really fun. It's a fun family event. Because in the in America, passing out photos doesn't have quite the same impact that it does in, in other communities. But we said we really want to make a, an impact in our local community. So how can we do that? So we dedicate a day of going out and doing random acts of kindness as a group. So that's something to be involved in. We have internships that um, focus on lots of different um, international um, areas or partnerships or social media or marketing, you know, all of those kinds of things, grant writing. Um, there's really a million ways to get involved with Print the Love. And I'm just open to ideas of how people can see this, yeah, helping the great work that they do. Um, we've always just envisioned it as an enhancement um, to other people's great international work, too. That's really beautiful. I love that. Thank you for the, those multiple invitations to the Let's Give a Damn family. I hope some of you will take her up on that, whether it's an actual trip uh, you know, next year to Zimbabwe or um, you, know, you taking a camera on a trip or you getting involved in the give back days. There's multiple ways to get involved. I hope you'll check some of those out. Kelly, last question, which I'm excited to ask you. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So part of this is, is gonna be hypothetical, but we'll start with the real part of it, which is someday you're going to die. Hopefully it's many, 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 many years from now, but everyone's going to die. And the hypothetical part is that I've been asked to give your eulogy. So everyone that you love and care about, everyone that loves and cares about you, all packed in a giant room to celebrate and mourn your life. And I've been asked to give you a eulogy. What do you hope, in a few sentences, what do you hope that I would speak over your life to the people that love you the most on that day? Wow, that's a big question. I, yeah. A little bit. Um, man, I, I mean, I feel like, at least for me, I've always wanted to build something that lives beyond me. 
So I really hope that um, whether it's this organization or other work I'm able to do in the future, um, that I'm just remembered as giving back and giving a damn continually and to, to growing things that last, last way beyond me. I guess more of in a personal note, probably like a, a survivor, a fighter, you know, fighting mm. for good, um, is as cliche as that may sound, but, you know, just doing the good fight day in and day out and just saying, you know, what you do matters, what I do matters. It's important to do good work. It, it isn't just lost on something. It, it, it contributes to the greater good and peace in the world. And, um, I really believe that and think that that's really important and, um, yeah, that I continued to fight and didn't give up because you can definitely get sucked into um, drinking wine all day and watching Netflix all day. Yes. I, I've been there and it's not a good place for me. Um, so, you know, and I could make that choice, but making a choice to not do that and continually say, this is something I believe in and keep doing it, even when you feel like you're the only one doing it is is a fight it's definitely a fight and so i hope that i'm remembered personally as a kelly actually in irish means warrior it means blonde haired warrior which i am so maybe that would be kind of my thing as a blonde haired warrior for good um i would i would like that but well i hope that you continue to be a blonde haired warrior <laughs> okay. thank you for sharing print the love with us thank you for sharing little brothers friends of the elderly with us thanks for sh sharing your story some of it painful but all beautiful in the grand scheme of things we are excited for you we're rooting for you we're cheering you on and i hope that we can connect more in the future so thank you for joining us today kelly oh thank you so much nick for hearing my story and letting me be a part of this community it really really means a lot to me so thank you I love Print the Love. I hope you do too. Kelly is fantastic. I hope some of you will find a way to get involved. She pointed out several ways you can get involved, so take advantage of those. I mean it. To find more information and all web and social media links for this podcast conversation and the 80 plus others that I've done, head on over to podcast.letsgiveadam.com. That's podcast.letsgiveadam.com. I truly never get tired of saying thanks to you for all the ways you continue to support this show. Firstly, by listening. That means a ton to me. Keep up the other ways. Tell a friend. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're willing, send us a dollar or five via patreon.com forward slash let's give a damn. As always, this podcast was edited and produced by the incredible Chad Snavely. Our podcast music is by our friend and amazing artist, Propaganda. Thanks for joining me. I love, love, love you all. Same day, same time next week. Peace.